Vanessa, what's your final thought? As a woman, I give this film 10 out of 10 stars. <laughs> it's time to watch a movie you've never seen. There might be some ninjas or a crazy death machine. But there will be smiles and there will be tears. You won't watch another movie for about 800 years. It's time for death by video. Time for death by video. With Phil and Lil and Kit and Vanessa and Graham. Phil Graham and I will be presenting Oscars in about three years. They're coming to Toronto for for just for laughs. I think you legitimately could tour with this. Yeah. 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 We're going to be presenting Oscars in about four or five years, I swear. Like, yeah. Yeah, presenting Oscar. Like people will be watching. You could be hosting Sun Impl- yeah. Sif in uh, a yeah. year, possibly. Has Stiffen listened to this podcast? Okay. listened. So, uh, welcome to Death by Video. Oh, hello, welcome. Uh, I'm Graham. Hi. I'm Phil. And I'm Kit. And we are joined by documentarian. Come on, come on. <laughs> Hi. Who are who are you? Oh, you didn't even say we were we were recording. We were rolling. Okay. I'm so not here. <laughs> Graham likes to surprise us. Oh, no. Hi, I'm Vanessa. And welcome to episode 10 of Death by Video. Woot woot. Yes, we made it to 10 episodes. 10 we episodes. Coming to you live from the abandoned video store, which is either south of Highway 9 or north of Highway 7. We're not entirely sure. I actually realized that it's the, funny that we still don't know that we still don't know. But I realized the reason why we don't know is because the regional municipality of Markham and uh, Richmond Hill, uh, they actually were in an <laughs> argument over Highway Seven, and so week by week they decided to switch back and forth the ownership, so they split the uh, the cost of maintaining it. So that's why we don't really know which highway we're on. So depending on the week we're up, it might be Highway Seven, it might be Highway Nine. We're not entirely sure. We're in limbo. Seven slash nine. Exactly. See, you're already contributing. And we are joined by another special guest. Um, hi. I feel like... It's like a camera or something, you know? Maybe a model. Who are you? Lillian. Yay, Lil. Hi. Hey, Lil. I'm going to pass it back to you. Did I, did I get an applause? No. I think Lil you, got the applause. No, Lil got the applause. We, we, advertise, we advertised you last week, and Vanessa, you are in the opening theme song now. I did re-record the theme song. Yay, Vanessa Young. So we are, we are joined today by two very special women. Um, Vanessa Young, who is the documentarian behind the short uh, doc numbers guy, which can currently be seen on the CBC Docs channel online. It's quite good. Short doc. It is a very good documentary, uh, and it played the Toronto Jewish uh, Film Festival and was picked up by CBC. And the current version that's online is my favorite version. And we are also very pleased to be joined by um, Lillian Perez, who is a real estate mogul here in the city of Toronto. And, huh? Well, I... Say something. As Kit and Phil are still struggling to learn, when you say something, you need to say it into the microphone. This is true. It's like hot potato. We need to like. Oh, that's okay. I didn't have anything much to say, but uh, yeah, it's nice to be here. Neither do Phil and I most days. So, 
So anyways, because so we're watching the movie tonight we're watching is the amazing vanity project Get Even or Get Even, aka Road to Revenge, aka Champagne and Bullets. And we have a bottle of champagne to separate to celebrate our tenth episode. What? And I'm gonna try and pop it right now. Vanessa, can you hold the mic while I do this? I'm not going to shoot it up because my, my apartment, who, I mean, the, the, the video store, don't worry, the video store can't handle it, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it, here we go, here we go, oh yeah, beauty, yay, cheers, okay, so we'll be serving up the champagne while we're watching the movie, we have, yeah, and it will make, oh, it'll totally make sense, Lil, uh, again, you need to speak into the microphone, um, I should actually be between you if we're going to, if we're going to do this, um, yeah, yeah, we'll switch over, edit, 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 um, so guys, have we watched anything interesting within the last week? Kit, you first. Uh, I've, no. No? <laughs> All I watch is reruns of uh, Star Trek The Next Generation and uh, Twin Peaks new episodes. That's all I watch. So good. Phil? Uh, we watched uh, the first four episodes of Twin Peaks, so uh, Twin Peaks uh, 2.0. Oh yeah, what did everybody think? I'm, I'm excited that everybody's I caught up now. Love I'm it. so on board. Right? Yes. Michael Sarah, holy crap. Didn't I tell you? You did, you did. I'm also trying to be as vague as possible because Lil has not seen it and Vanessa fell asleep during episode three. <laughs> wait, wait, I have a good reason for yeah. that. I was working a lot, and um, but I, I stayed up for two episodes yes. and they were great and I can't wait to see the following two. So I can't wait to see Michael Sarah and, and I have no idea who he plays, so I'm going to... Don't spoil anything. No, 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 no. no I was no fueled on coffee because I needed to watch the first yeah. Yeah. I, Yes. Graham made like a hard cup of coffee. Coffee and I baked cherry pie. I did not it have any coffee because I knew that if I did, I would be up till four in the morning and that would, wouldn't be good because I had to work the next day early. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Graves wearing the headphones. Yeah, I'm, I'm wearing the headphones. When you when you yell into the microphone, Sorry, my ears hurt. Lil, have you seen anything good in the last week? Yeah, we went to see She Devil. It was playing at the Royal. Um, and Immediately located at... Conveniently located on College Street in Toronto, Ontario, the Royal Cinema, home to Neon Dreams, Virtual Path, Scream Queens, and um, Drunk Feminist Films. And the burlesque thing. And that burlesque thing that's not very good. By the way, this June 30th, they're playing La Femme Nikita. Mm. Yes. The original Luc Besson uh, action film. And on June 25th, they are playing Hot Fuzz, the 10th anniversary screening, which is a film that is near and dear to my heart. Yeah. We will all be in attendance that night. I speak for everyone right now. Kit is shaking his head again, so it sounds like a regular podcast where I say something and Kit just shakes his head. It's radio. I can shake my head without needing to mm -hmm. convey that to the audience. Yeah. And they're also showing that movie that you really liked, uh, Graham, uh, Colossal, which barely oh, got released. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. For that, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd like to, like to see what that movie Yeah, is. let's go see it. How, how is oh. She Devil, by the way? I've read the book. I never saw the movie. You read the book? Yes, I, I didn't did, even yeah. know. See, I didn't even know there was a book until, uh, yes. until I, I did, saw the uh, credits. <clears throat> in high school, I did a um, independent uh, independent study on satire. So I read Catch Twenty Two, uh, and then I read She Devil, and then one other book, which oh, Gulliver's Travels. Wow. Um, well, the book is by a British writer, right? I believe so. As far yes. as I know, um, yeah. But like, I, I don't know how close. It is to the film. Do you know anything about the book? I never read the book, and okay. I haven't seen the movie since like grade four. <laughs> yeah, that, that's when that's the last time I saw the movie. Yeah. So um, no, it's just super funny. I mean, it's like black comedy, and um, I would argue that Meryl stole the movie in a way. Meryl, Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep and uh, who plays Mary Fisher? I mean, Roseanne was good, mm -hmm. but like Meryl 
took the cake from me from me at least we were talking about this right like she was she was just so good there was just so many layers to her performance and uh do you have anything to add Lil? well she's just good period right mm, this is true mm-hmm. meryl streep deserves every single one of those oscars she has three wait but i but i heard she was overrated by someone Let's not bring up the orange one at this. this, this <laughs> that will really... Oh, God. Did you guys just hear that? The ghosts are getting really upset at the mention of the orange one. He is like the worst call of Cthulhu you could... Like, he's like something out of Lovecraft. Oh, I wanted to add something. So, Susan Seidelman, who directed that movie... Yeah, she um, directed Smithereens, yes. which is awesome. And did you see that? Seekers. I did, oh, yes. Sorry, I'm so sorry. So, I'm going to hold the yeah. mic here. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, I get excited. Okay. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Yeah, have you seen Smithereens? I've seen Smithereens. It's really good. I, I, I actually tried to watch Smithereens, but the um the, the DVD that I rented from iSource Cinema kept skipping, so he actually has ordered in a new mm-hmm. DVD just so that I could watch it. Okay, because when I, I saw it. the the trailer, or even when I just read the synopsis on IMDb, I was like, Graham Shepard. Yeah. Yeah, Smithereens is a classic punk exploitation film from the early 80s. It also features the Feelies doing the soundtrack. Yes, and um, Richard Hell has a bit. Yep, he has a part in it. It's set in the, actually the waning days of the New York punk scene because it's about a a woman who's trying to get into it and realizes that everyone is left for L.A. So she is left moneyless and homeless and uh, is kind of like struggling around the streets of New York, at least for the half hour that I saw of it before the DVD uh, froze. Early 80s New York. Yep. So it looks rad. Yeah. And Susan Seidelman did another uh, New York movie, a movie that a lot of us have probably seen, uh, Desperately Seeking Susan. Oh, I love that the movie. The first movie with uh, Madge, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Madonna. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rosanna. Rosanna Arquette. Arquette yeah. Aiden Quinn. Yeah. yeah. I, I forgot Aiden Quinn's in And there's the part where like Madonna's like dancing to her own music. Oh, yeah. into <laughs> the Was it Into the Groove? It's Into the Groove, yeah. Sorry, this is a very difficult podcast for me to manage because there's so many people. So, we are so excited because we're watching Get Even tonight. Yay. Yay. And it's Get Even written as one word. Are we really excited? (laughs) It's it's Get Even written as one word, and it's in quotation marks. It's Get Even. If you ask the best of the worst guys, it's Mm. Get Even. Because it's in quotations, does that mean it's uttered in the film? Like by John DeHart? Yeah, it certainly is. Spoiler alert. It gets gets spoken out loud by John DeHart, yeah. Um, So this movie is written by John DeHart, directed by John DeHart, produced by John DeHart, financed by John DeHart, starring John DeHart, line produced by John DeHart, (laughs) location managed by John DeHart, original vehicles provided by John DeHart, Original, original music by, provided by John DeHart. That's the important bit. And choreography by John DeHart. This original music and vocals. And I just want to. I just want to. I'm assuming say, costume yeah, design. And... What was the budget? Does anybody know? No, no, I don't it's know. It's a mystery. Yeah, it's... I've been trying to research this. <laughs> let's, and... let's email John DeHart today. DeHart, sorry. John DeHart, Esquire. Did Did you try to get a hold of uh, John DeHart for this I had, podcast? I wound up working all week long, and I couldn't get a free. T- I was legitimately like, I was on the website at work, being like, I'm gonna go out for lunch, but maybe I should call John DeHart while I'm on the uh, like going out to pick up like a burrito or something. So. <laughs> I didn't though. I might. I might before. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Maybe I'll call his law office offices tomorrow morning before I edit this because I do want to talk to him. Because here's the thing: we are not here to trash this movie. Oh, no. oh sort of. We are. No, 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 no. We're not. We're not. Because you gotta. You gotta. I'm here to watch it. Are you editing that out? Lillian is here to watch it. Vanessa is here to watch it. I will not edit that out. Kit, you are cynical, but you have to understand when you have a movie like this. And Kit, you talked to me about it for like a week afterwards, and you were telling people about it, and you couldn't describe it. Here's the thing, John. Dyer, we are we are here to praise it for its ludic- ludicrousy, 
for its like attempts to at grandeur <laughs> and for the fact that it just shot for the moon you gotta remember like this is a film like everybody's got bad ideas but this guy made a movie that is released that I bought in a video store in Canada which is as far away from John DeHart as anything on this planet but he's uh, from like Los Angeles or something but why is it so well known because it's incredibly it's, incompetent. No, it's unpredictable. <laughs> the entire time we were watching it, the last time we watched it, it really is. Unpredictable. It's unpredictable. That's like you gotta understand. Like he might have missed the mark he was aiming for, but he hit a completely different mark. That <laughs> that it's is a singular surreal entity. Um. So have you guys all seen this? Uh, me, Phil, and Kit have. Vanessa has not. You have not. Oh. Yeah, so this is going to be... Going in cold. Me too. Yeah. Um, so my next question would be, was there a script? And if there was a script, <laughs> did that script get like thrown out at some point in the film? Uh, there oh, are parts. Rewrites? I will not... We'll talk about it later. Yeah, there, there are parts that, that definitely like question the existence of a script. <laughs> but... Wow, I can't wait to see this. What the hell? But... And I, uh, yeah, it's it's something that's so it 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 is a singular experience watching this film. It needs to be experienced. It I'll needs say that. to, and the more people I can expose to it, the better. We are going to be drinking champagne throughout it, um, and bullets, and bullets, which is the. Uh, no, 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 I'm done. You you go, Vanessa. And bullets is that what you just said? That's uh, what I said. No, no. Um, yeah, no. I just hope that's I'm. I, I hope I'm coherent after the film. I'm just going to pace myself. That's all. Sorry. Well, that'll give you a mar- an edge over the film, which is often uh... incoherent. Thank mm. you, Kit. <laughs> it's incoherent, but it is genius. It's one of those things where, like, we come here to praise—not genius. We come here to praise John DeHart, not to bury him. He made this film that we all love. Well, that the three of us love out of the out of the five of us here, and I am so thrilled to get to experience. Kit loves it too. I don't it's, think it's, so. It's it's genius in the same way that Kofefi is genius. No, you cannot. John DeHart seeks to bring people together. Trump seeks to destroy them. Oh, Kofefi brought people together, sir. It really did. I, I'm with Kit on this one. Okay, that's like the one Trump meme that everybody's on board for. Didn't John DeHart say that this movie like is going to save humanity or something? Am I totally <laughs> my paraphrase? I'm paraphrasing. No, 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 no. He didn't say that. The, in the one interview with him that's readily available online, somebody said, "Hey, John, thanks for being here today." And his response was, "Sure, anything to help the human race," which is the best response <laughs> you could have hoped for from John DeHart. Yes, that's such a John DeHartism. Yes. We are all fans of John DeHart, right? Because he, he literally just wanted to make a good movie. Can you pour me some? Or can you pass me the bottle? So Lil is going to sample our, our, our glorious champagne. We'll get a live taste test, and then we'll, we'll go to the movie. Wait, I have a question. Are they drinking champagne in a hot tub in the movie? Oh, yes. Okay, that was a guess. I like I, I... They drink champagne in a hot tub, oh, in a restaurant, a bathtub, in front of a fire, while he sings his own love song. Oh, this is going to be like a midnight phenomenon where people will just, it'll be like a BYOB affair where just people are bringing their own champagne. Oh, BYOC. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So do we have any more final thoughts before we dig into, um, to, to get even or get even or road to venge or champagne and bullets? Lil, how's the champagne? It's excellent. I made a good choice. 
Thank you. I appreciate that. And I do want to say something else. I have some IMDb reviews that I will and bring up afterwards. After. Okay, cool. The one thing I want to say um, is that a lot of film genre uh, criticism and podcasts and culture is male centric, and it's boring, frankly. So I am very pleased today to have not just one, but two women present with us during the podcast to experience this film and give us their opinions because we have experienced this film through the eyes of men but uh, and one woman when we watched it before. But uh, we didn't really... <laughs> Vanessa loved that one. <laughs> that was Courtney. Okay. Yeah. So... take after this? One single woman. Yeah, one single... So I am very pleased that we will be able to get a critical analysis of this film from two of the women that I respect the most. Yeah, so... It's a tall order, Graham. Yeah, it is. You up for it, Lil? I'm like blushing over here. (laughs) (laughs) You should just be on the podcast every week. And YouTube. I feel like I should be taking notes. Do you take notes, Kit? I take notes, too. Oh, wow. Okay. Kit takes notes. I don't know if I'll take notes this time, because I've seen it. Here's the thing. I'm probably going to do a Joe Bob Briggs-style breakdown at the end, so we can get past the... We can get into, like, the actual discussion of the film. You do that. You do that. There's going to be a lot of that during this podcast. Just Vanessa holding up her hand to me and shaking her head. Um, All right. So with that... There's a lot of head shaking on this podcast. Yeah. And me being like, don't just I'm shake nodding. your... And Kit's nodding right now. So with all that being said... I was trying said, to audibly nod there. It didn't work out. No, you, you can't hear... Wait, I was thinking, you know those drinking games where like someone says something in a movie like multiple times and then you have to take like a drink or... You know what I mean? Or every time an yes. actor's on screen, you have to like take a, yes. a swig. Oh, there Should could be a good drinking game. Should we do that for this? No, that's no. bad, right? No, bad idea. you might be dead. We might be dead. <laughs> yeah. Anytime, I think the funniest one would be anytime the characters drink champagne on screen, we should drink champagne. Oh. They That's do a lot it. of champagne. Like we're there with them. In the bathtub. We've broken the fourth wall. <laughs> so hard. I'm, I'm the man with the microphone. Okay, so we'll be back in uh, just a moment with our thoughts on Gideon. Jimmy Slide. Well, I've had a couple beers and I'm feeling just right. I'm sweating all over cause the dress is so tight. Try to act cool but you just won't stop. Should have talked to the mic. If so, I was talking, I was just rambling away. You're just like, God damn, Phil, shut up. <laughs> so, welcome back to we Death by Video. Cats, and that was Get Even. I'm yeah, that pretty was sure get even. everybody here can admit that their lives were changed for the better in that moment. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Graham, that's a bit of a stretch, but okay. Whatever John D. Hart can do for the human race. Uh, John D. Hart, I come He's back. He's done so much. He needs to come back to cinema. I want to see him again. Get evener. Yeah, or just get more even. I don't think I think get evener would be a way too easy title. It would need to be like get more even or more getting even or getting even again or get it. Or it isn't get more a chocolate bar. I think you think, is it? Or is it eat more? Oh, okay. I think it's, yeah, I think it's, yeah. Yeah, and little, if or you could do like a remake of that Macaulay Culkin movie, Getting Even With Dad, Get Even With Dad. Get Even With Dad. <laughs> with his stepdad, there's a whole subplot there. With my Ted Danson, God. yeah. Oh my God, yes. The father and yeah. When did that movie come out? That was like, uh, it was like, like after. Uh, Post Home Alone? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like way post like like the Good Son. Like was, yeah, Good Son. Okay. It was post Good Son. Okay. It was during the period where Whoopi Goldberg and Ted Danson were an item. Woo. That was in the movie. Uh, Made in USA. Yes. 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 Oh good. Yes. With Will Smith, and there was a Will Smith in this flick tonight. Yes, a Will Smith. Which I absolutely adored, and <laughs> I adored Huck. Oh my god, Lil, you should be on this podcast all the time. Yeah, Huck no, I'm Finney. telling you, like, Lil, like, you were moved. Were you moved? Or were you... <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, you know, by, by Huck's speech when he when he was, like... Just by Huck, period. That I liked, bar scene I liked, I liked was every scene with him. Like, he was uh, going through a tough time, and it was... Uh, he was. It was... It was cool. No, no, no. Best line, who's Hamlet? Who gives a shit? <laughs> that was... That was awesome. I jotted that down. Yeah, but he's like <laughs> emphasizing the glory of Hamlet, right? Like, yeah. this guy's like, and how, he, how he can speak Hamlet. Yeah. I, I wrote down a lot of things here, but I also wrote over what I wrote over. <laughs> can you even read your own writing kit? But um, at one point, Wingshauser, Wings who plays Henry Huck Finney. Oh my God. That's so close to Huck Finn. Yeah. Did you just notice that now, Graham? Please tell me this. You didn't just get that connection. Yeah, I did. I I own this movie. I've seen it like four times. They're 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 in a they're in a bar. Any at any case, in a bar which is basically somebody's rec room. It looks like somebody's. It's rec clearly room. someone's former garage that they put some like they put some arcade machines and, yeah. into. Um, and he's he's talking to uh, somebody who calls Fringe. He calls him Fringe. It's because the guy's wearing a cowboy hat and a fringe uh, shirt. He's like uh, referring to John D. Hart's character, who is Rick. Rick. Rick Bodie. Rick Bodie. Rick Bodie. Not even Richard Bodie when he gets married. Rick Bodie. He says, my buddy here knows how to talk about Hamlet. He can speak Hamlet. Like, yeah, you can talk. Ham- yeah, and then John DeHart even corrects him. It's like, no, it was Shakespeare. Not <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, yeah, but it didn't matter. And I said so at the time. He was like, do you want to hear my friend? Talk speak- Hamlet. Like, he's going to do Hamlet right now. And and these bulls are like, <laughs> that's exactly correct. But That's, of course, John DeHart does not do Hamlet at the moment. No, he did no. Hamlet earlier, earlier in the movie yes. when he was romancing his sweetheart, Cynthia Westport. Yes, played by by played by the late Pamela Bryant. We should all acknowledge. Uh, oh. In all seriousness, Pamela Bryant, the actress, uh, passed away a few years ago. She was a Playboy playmate in the 1970s. 
Um, she did several different films. This was it's probably has become in the post-internet era her most uh, well-known film. And I know Vanessa wants to say something. This, I would have never <laughs> thought she was a Playboy Playmate. I'm actually in shock right now. Well, like, I, I saw your face. I was watching you. Like, well, she was a Playboy Playmate in the 70s. Oh, okay. so maybe. They didn't take their tops off back then? No, they did. Okay. They, have, they, they, had, they didn't have... Ex- they didn't have... A, they... It was before the era of like the uh, the Pamela Anderson, the silicone, enha- the the augmented bodies. The augmented. So those bodies. are real. Those are real. That's what you're saying. I don't know for a fact, but in the 70s, I'm I'm assuming yes. And I just want to say again, our parents listen to this podcast. Wait, how old How old was she in this film? Do you have any idea? Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was, uh, I think, around 32. Okay. Yeah. We all, um, to be serious, we all hope that she got paid enough because there are not one. Yeah, yeah. There was, there was a bunch. Not of, one, mm-hmm. not two. <laughs> you I think there's three and a half. There's love three and a half love and, scenes, in and there's film. probably at least one or two cut out. Oh, Phil gets Come the mic on, to the head. she knew what she was getting into. <laughs> yes, Lil. Oh, I just peeked on the mic. Period. <laughs> I think I peeked on the mic. Oh, you did. I know. And Sorry, that's, Phil. Uh, that's a death by video first. Uh, <laughs> being hit in the head with the microphone. <laughs> Happy to oblige. Yes, death by microphone. <laughs> um, so, let's do a, a brief recap of this film. So, How? Vanessa. No, why are you picking on me? Because you're a special guest. Because your podcast debut. Oh no, you think I can read your notes? No. <laughs> What a movie! You can exclamation. <laughs> um, we will collectively fill in the blanks. Shimmy slide that was featured how many times in that movie? A um, few. Initially, actually. I thought it was just twice, but then in the in the uh, process of watching this movie again, I realized it's now about four point five to five times. Graham, can you break down the awesomeness of Shimmy Slide for us? Yes, I can. So the Shimmy Slide was a song uh, produced, written. And performed by John DeHart in the uh, the first bar scene, which we're informed that it's Cowboy Night, and I'm doing quotation marks again. The bar is somebody's rec room. It, it's I'm probably sure it's John DeHart's rec room, and he is who's that? <laughs> he is egged on. This has been. This is gonna pass tough turf as our best episode so far. I knew it. Much Good. sense of this episode. I'm scared. Trust me, my when I when I edit it all together, it makes a lot of sense. It'll make more sense in this movie. Yeah. Okay. Um. You know what? I'll take the lead on this one because and Vanessa just mouths words. Thank you. So, uh, Get Even is the story of Rick Bodie and Huck Finney and uh, what's the the normad Cin- normad do you need to see my notes Graham? Cindy I'm, I might need to review it um, normad which is like a totally made up name it sounds like a, norad but there's just an m in the middle yeah yeah it does sound like it's some almost sort sounds, of it yeah. almost sounds like nomad yes but with a like it can't we just can't call him normad uh, do you guys remember that that guy what was his name no something from uh, from he, he from Inspector like Gadget. No, no, no. no, he was on uh, Much Music. Do, 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 do. Oh, 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 God, Nardwar, 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 the the human serviette, yeah. Yes, yeah. he's still a thing. Do, 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 do. It just reminded me of Nora. Do, do. Yeah. He he just yeah. interviewed Vince Nardwar. Staples. Yeah. Anyways, okay, that was a really bad sing song. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's still he's still around. 
did like a one hour interview with Drake. Yeah, he did a uh, oh, he yeah. did a charity single called "Do They Know It's Halloween." And did Drake do the do 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 do? Oh, he do. sure did. Of course he did. Spoiler, spoiler alert! In case you didn't want to watch the whole hour of uh, Nardwar interviewing Drake. My my favorite my favorite doot 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 do has to be when he was doing uh, interviewing. I think it was Moby, and he went mm hmm. <laughs> doot 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 do mm hmm. <laughs> All right, so back to Gideon, the great great film we watched tonight. Break down the plot, Graham. Okay, uh, John DeHart and Wings Hauser. Uh, play uh, play Rick Bodie and Huck Finney, respectively. They are teamed up with Normad, who is played by William Smith, who is uh, was featured in Rumblefish and The Outsiders. Woo! Lil is a big fan of William Smith, as you can hear. She really is. Yeah, I'm going to try and rush through this plot as quick as I can and, and boil it down to it. Wasn't he great, though? He was fantastic. Phil? Phil? Can I get a what-what? Yes. Thanks, Phil. <laughs> Will Smith, woo! <laughs> so, <laughs> William Smith. I know. He had a bit of a Burt Reynolds. But I'm sure you could call him Burt But we're on friendly like terms. Reynolds, um, He's totally. Bill, yeah. right? It's Burt Reynolds uh, as a total failure. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Excusez-moi. He's like a chain-smoking. That's my smoking. Bill you're talking yeah. about. He's like a chain-smoking yeah, Burt Reynolds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> croaky. All right. Yeah. Very croaky voice. Um, so anyways, they're, uh, the three of them are L.A. cops, and they're involved in a drug raid, which they don't have a uh, warrant for, and uh, Rick Bodie brings this up, or John DeHart brings this up earlier. I love the uh, drug dealers in this scene. They're, they're all jackknives and like, let's do some coke now, and like shirtless long hairs. It, it, it's almost, so it almost good. felt like they were the remaining members from the bicycle gang from Miami Connection, like, yeah. let's go do some coke. <laughs> they totally were. And, just like, and like Tony Montana, they were getting high on their own supply. Exactly. In a burnt out trailer at somewhere outside of Santa Barbara. So they, uh, they interrupt this, I guess, drug sampling session. And, yeah, like a trailer thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Huck gets shot, and uh, Rick Bodie stands up to Normad, and <laughs> oh yeah, he's like when Huck when Huck gets shot, he's like, "What's wrong? What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> that is a really really good impression. <laughs> you can't see Thanks. see Lil's physical oh, yeah, acting. And, 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 she was like you couldn't see there was no blood on him other than his hand they had like drenched his hand and like red hey, stuff there's not, there's whatever, uh, he's completely sort, clean he's totally clean though and he's just like oh, oh, it's oh, so much yeah. pain <laughs> and you think he's gonna die it's gonna you think it's a death scene but it's not yeah no he lives to drink another day um so long and st- many, <laughs> many many more drinks. long story short uh normad says this is a, this is a mistake you'll live to regret was that big mistake? Huge, huge, huge. Sorry, that's a yeah. pretty woman yeah. reference. Yeah, you you made a big mistake. That's what it said. Yeah. Huge. Did did Kit take his notes with him? Um, no, no, they're here. They're here. They're okay. here. <laughs> they're here. Kit Kit left the room briefly to um. There was we think there might be a raccoon or a rabbit fox outside the old video store, so Kit's gone out to flush that fox out. Get him, kid! But don't the, hurt him. Wait, there's like a porta potty out there, right? Or is he just doing it out in the? He's flushing them out. He, what are you talking about, Vanessa? He's getting rid of a what what we no, assume no. is a rabid fox. Oh, he's not going to the washroom. 
sorry, I'm confused. No, we're no, he's getting, getting even. Oh, he's getting even. Yeah, okay. against the raccoon or whatever it is. Yeah, endangering out- our time. Yeah, here in this video store off Highway Nine. Okay, you've got to insert some like raccoon noises when we're about to do that. <laughs> okay, so I've taken care of those raccoons so- outside. My God, were they ever violent! This is all gonna get all edited out. No, it doesn't need to be. I took care of the raccoons. Mm-hmm. They spilled some wine. Yeah, but they're oh, done with. Well. So where are we? You, uh, we have did not you left. Get even. <laughs> I did get even with those with those. We have toys. not left our first scene yet. <laughs> We're still at the drug deal that opens the movie. Okay. Did long- you give them a quarter so they can buy a new personality? <laughs> that is a jump forward. <laughs> they love silver. This podcast is going to be eighty percent us laughing, twenty percent us trying to get through the first scene of Get Even. It's a dense scene, to be fair. It's a dense movie altogether. Oh, it's dense, all right. <laughs> well, go on, Graham. What were you saying? Okay, so after that scene, um, uh, both Rick Bodie and Huck Finney are... Um, Wait, did you mention that... Um, did you mention, like, knees him in the balls? Knees, uh... No that's, where, that's where we were oh, going sorry. to. Yeah, okay. So then, do you want to take over? He Vanessa? stands up you to Norad. Yes, Vanessa, why don't you describe that scene? No, what is there to describe? That, that's pretty much the end of the scene, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, well, that's how the scene ends, right? Oh, Johnny Hart I'm lost. Knees, uh, Nomad. Nomad. Norm- Normad. Norm- Nomad. I'm gonna call him Nomad from now. On. <laughs> Normad. Call him Nomad. Who cares? Normad. No, Normad in the ball. Sorry. Okay, this is going really bad. Okay, it's going Johnny so Hart, well. Um, Knees, Normad, uh, the lieutenant. Is he a lieutenant or just a cop? Yes, he's a lieutenant. Okay, he's trying to be a lieutenant. Knees him in the balls, and you that's a big no no. And Normad, what does Normad say? You've just made a big mistake. You just made a big mistake, and then. So after uh, John DeHart knees him in the groin area, um, Normad uh, tells him, You've just made a big mistake, one that you'll regret for the rest of your life. Uh, John DeHart says, No. And then we uh, jump ahead a year. John DeHart is driving a limousine along with Huck. Do not forget the Kung Fu montage. Right. It cuts to John DeHart learning Kung Fu in the year 20, 2007, uh, whereas the rest of the film takes place in 1993. Hey, wait a second. Why does 1993 sound so familiar, guys? What? Oh, the ghosts are here. Yeah, they are. There's one particular ghost from 1993 that still wants you guys to come back. No, he doesn't. Yes, I do. Is he the one that put this movie on tonight? Possibly. <laughs> you guys have not caught up with your listing, have you? Getting even with us? Get even. Sure. However you say it. Get even. So then we jump ahead. John DeHart is taking a group of teenagers out to their well, high no, school prom. Because he's, because he's a limo driver, it's because they're... They went to internal affairs and Normad's testimony is like they were doing drug bribes and they were high and their pupils were dilated, etc. And then Wingshauser flips out. Flips out he, in the courtroom with folding tables, yes. And he punches the bailiff and <laughs> Huck Huck Finney oh. as played by Wingshauser. I'm gonna record this by myself tomorrow. Where do we know Wingshauser from? Wingshauser was featured in the film Vice Squad. He was also in the film Mutant. He also directed and starred in the film The Art of Dying from PM Entertainment. He um, is the father of Cole Hauser, 
who was in Dazed and Confused and a few other Higher things. Learning. Higher Learning. I think yes. also School Time. The folding tables in the courtroom is USA Tracksuit, and I, I don't know if that's the following scene. <laughs> it might as well be. <laughs> He's wearing a tracksuit. Um, He's wearing multiple USA, USA tra- tracksuits. The, the USA tracksuit was actually, after he got even, he was back at his, uh, his wife's grave uh, morning, and that's when the nun oh, comes. Oh, dear, spoiler. Yeah, Kit, spoiler. We're 20 minutes into this post-movie discussion. <laughs> we have not gotten past scene two. So we're moving fast, right? No. Um, oh, yeah. Slow. Okay. Um, my notes so is that, are we now in the bar? Is that where we are? are we at the bar? Sure, we're at the bar. We're, we've jumped past his rec room, basement. We've established that John D. Hart's a limo driver. Right. Oh yes, and then there's and he has like, to deal with some like there's like hooligan two establishing teens. shots that were shot clearly shot like over ten years later, and then yes. cut to we cut to John DeHart driving a limo, and the guys in the back, one of them's named Beavis, are they? Oh, right. No, they're anyway. calling him Beavis. Oh, they're calling him Beavis. They're I'm calling John DeHart Beavis. Yeah. Oh, they're calling him Beavis. Okay. Yes. And then he kicks them out. Of yeah, the he's car. driving to the prom, and then they're just being rowdy. Right, right. They're being rowdy and and calling him names Pelting like with the corsages or whatever right then right, he like, and, earlier, and then he just leaves um, them on the side of the road he's they were like, talking and about that's the end of the scene right huck and okay. who's the main <laughs> character who's the main character rick, rick. <laughs> brody Bodie. Bodie. Bodie and huck were talking and he's like oh man you're doing a prom tonight oh man to be teenagers again oh, or whatever geez. Right, Good I memory. just remember that. Good Sorry, memory. it's epic. <laughs> Wait, that's Huck, right? Huck was it's saying Huck, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So after this inexplicable prom scene um, thing, which doesn't actually add anything to the plot, yeah. we get a <laughs> a little uh, cut to shoe, we call it shoe leather. Yeah, we get a little cut to um, we get a little cut to Rick um, and um, Huck or Henry Henry Finney. He's, he's quotation marks, known as Huck. Um, who's like, yeah, we're going to the big dance tonight. It's a cowboy dance. Got to dress up as a cowboy. And meanwhile, uh, Rick is in his all leather. Yeah. <laughs> his leather pants, leather shirt kind of uh, kind of thing. And he's like, well, we're going to dance together. And, and like, that's... No. Huck's like, no, we're going to dance with women, but we're going to dance. And then they go to the bar slash, aka rec room that it seems to be. Oh wait, I ha- I just wrote this line down. It's cowboy night. We're, we're we are dancing, not with each other. That's yes, that's right. Lines. You've got it, Vanny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I I passed the mic over to Phil, and Phil was okay. like, no. <laughs> oh yeah, we have to bring up John's ex. We have to bring up or the shimmy slide. Rick's ex. The sh- Rick's ex. So. Uh, we arrive at the bar, and uh, John and Huck, sorry, or Rick and Huck. I do I do think he should just be referred to as John DeHart. Yeah, so we'll just call him John He's John DeHart, not, not Rick. So John DeHart and Huck. For the listenership, if we refer to Rick or John, it's the same person. Yes. So John DeHart shows up at the bar with uh, with uh, Wings Hauser, and uh, they, uh, they quickly get a drink. They run into the uh, owner of the limo service, who is Cindy's mom, which is never clearly... Uh, like explained in the movie, but I picked up on this time fourth. Time. Oh, is it that older yes, lady? Yes, yes, it is yeah. the older lady. Sorry, I'm totally. Also, yeah. she's the yeah. girlfriend's Fringe. mom. She's the jacket. Mom. Yes. Oh, okay. 
which is why she was at her funeral. She's call to the cops later, right? She's just okay. all around. No, no, no. Cindy, Cindy's the ex. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, John DeHart runs into Cindy, who is his ex-girlfriend. Although, their their time frame for dating is pretty collapsed, because it seems like they haven't dated in, like, three years. But they say, like, oh, I haven't seen you in a couple months. And in that time, she moved to Hollywood uh, and just sort of fell into the satanic cult where they sacrifice babies. Um, and then just got well, away. Well, the, the baby sacrificing was the final straw. Like, yeah. She was... She was like, oh, okay. She's getting into drug use and Satan worshiping. That was cool, but then, you know. I mean, who hasn't? Who hasn't done that? A little, you know? Me, Kit. Me. <laughs> well, did you get a look at the guy? Like, he was pretty, like, you know, he swooped in, got her all, like, you know. Stop moving away from the microphone. Be- before she knew it, she was in a cult. I-, I could get into a cult if that guy was swooping around. Wait, which guy? Right? Uh, the-, the Mark McGrath lookalike? Yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> Sugar Ray. <laughs> Yeah, we realized that Mark McGrath, or at least Mark McGrath's older brother, um, was a actor in this film as a member of the satanic cult. Um, yeah, that bleach blonde. That bleach blonde. They're, they're oh, still the same dreamy. frosted tips. Frosted and like, uh, oh, the, it was more than frosted. It was like bleach. It was, it's bleach. bleach yeah. It was full-on peroxide situation. Yeah, yeah. So we're still in the bar, and um, they're kind of like John DeHart and, uh, and Cindy kind of have a little conversation. It's like, oh, it's good to see you again. And then Huck all of a sudden is like, dude, you got to get up on stage and sing. No. And John DeHart's response is, no, I can't sing. And Huck's like, yes, sing. And then Cindy's like, yes, sing. And then her mom is like, yes, sing. And the, and the band's like, already playing. And the band starts stuff. already doing the instrumental version to Slim Shimmy Slide, which is the uh, musical, uh, I don't want to say it's the oeuvre or the... Uh, or the, uh, the overture. The overture, rather. It's not the overture. It's the... It's like the centerpiece of the entire film because we hear early on when he's driving those teens in limo a instrumental version of it, and then later he's on we hear it out of his car. Yeah, he's like listening to it in his car while he's driving these teens around, and then on top of that we hear him listening to it again in a I guess a bass only jazz version. Yes. So, anyways, he is um, encouraged to go up on stage where he performs a very terrified Dare in the Headlights version of Shimmy Slide where he's singing. He looks so scared throughout this performance. He, he looks, it's a constant, it's a, um, it's a combination of scared, constipated, and just like, almost like someone behind him is holding a gun to his head and being like, sing, buddy, sing. I, I do encourage, I do encourage, uh, um, listeners to, uh, look this song up on YouTube, um, the Shimmy Slide. You'll find a great version of it. Everything is terrible posted as well. <laughs> Vanessa, you are classic. You know, I, learn the you... line. I like the line, the line dancers. They're my favorite. There's line dancers. Yes. Um, I feel like, I don't know. I want to learn that routine or you know, something. Yes, learn the moves yeah, to the shitty slide. That, that wouldn't help any Lil? listeners right now. But no, it's no. Worth, it's I'm worth watching the line dancers. That's, that's all I'm I definitely I'm do not want to do the shimmy slide. Once once the shimmy slide starts, spontaneous yes. line dancing there also begins. There are four begins. line dancers, although one of the line dancers does not know how to keep pace with the song if you re, re, like, re-watch the movie. And he's just constantly like always like a step behind or a step ahead of everyone else. And the expression on his face, especially in the last cut to him, was just like, why am I doing this with my life? <laughs> there was a, a, a something happened during that song, and then let's do it again. Oh, it right. came back with so that, and then they there, did another chorus. There's a little instrumental breakdown, and then John DeHart screams out, "Hey, let's do it again!" Yeah. 
And he sings another full version of the verse <laughs> and the chorus, and it's awful. This is going to be a four-hour podcast at the rate we're going. Let's do it. Sweet. Um, and then... Spend four hours editing it. I spend eleven hours editing it. That's tomorrow for me, anyways. So, so then he finishes the song <laughs> mercifully. Comes back. Everyone applauds. There's. there's oh, two, oh, wait. The Meanwhile, while the song is going on, oh, that's when, that's when the satanic tufts. Let's, walk in. That's when the tufts come in. The uh, yeah, the tufts. Tufts come in. Enter the tufts. Enter <laughs> the tufts. <laughs> I would watch the worst that movie. Kung Fu movie ever. <laughs> Enter the Tufts. Oh God, this is gonna be a. I don't know why I chose this movie. So the Tufts come in and they um they harass uh Cynthia um the the ex lover of uh, uh John, John DeHart Hart or um Rick Bodie. <laughs> <laughs> they harass her and she's like, I don't know who you guys are. I'm leaving, and that's that's it for now. Oh, and then Huck tussles with... No, 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 that's not it. Huck tussles with the Tufts, and yes, then... Yes, after the song, yep. yes. Because then a strip tease spontaneously starts after uh, John oh, DeHart is done. Yes, this, strip This lady tease, in, yeah. a, in a... Really uh, skeevy strip tease starts very, up. Like, we were all uncomfortable with it. <laughs> Men and women alike in this room, we were all very uncomfortable with that, that scene where a, a lady... Ascends the stage he just performed on and performs a striptease. Again, I I, I have to uh, reiterate, this is somebody's rec room. Yes, it's somebody's rec room, and the striptease is happening to an instrument. The band's still playing Shimmy Slide. Oh, right, it's an instrumental version of Shimmy Slide. So that would be uh, the fourth time that that song plays. At least. We're only still in the second scene, my God. So, Vanessa, where do we go from there? She wasn't even wearing, like, anything cowboy-themed either. I was, like, a little oh, disappointed. No. Was it a cowboy hat? Oh, darn. Okay. So, it didn't, did it stay on? It was the only thing that stayed on, I think. <laughs> oh, right, right, yeah. And then we, we weren't the only ones that were confused and offended because there was a young girl there who was two sitting. Girls, oh, yes. Girls, yeah. yeah, two girls that, who had, like, maybe three lines or something, and she was like, I'm disgusted by this. I, and then the, and then her Wait, friend. I don't get what her, we're disgusted about. The the, the, the girl, the, the woman stripping on stage. Yeah, and then um, there's the one But weren't there. they in a, like. And then she's like, look who's talking. I saw your apartment. I saw you. What did she say? Like, I on Friday late makes this place look like Sunday school. Like Sunday wow. school? Oh, no. Yeah, some really intense slut so, so the line is, her apartment makes this uh, bar slash rec room seem like Sunday school. Mm-hmm. And then I don't remember how she responded, but she was like, I'm She calls the police. Grossed out. She yeah, I'm calling the police. the police. I'm so grossed out. And then she walks over and calls the police. What happens? And, and then the police, the police come. And then they show up, right? Yeah, and they then, do. And then Huck gets... They arrest Huck. They arrest Huck. And the the Tufts. They cuff him. Because the Tufts, aforementioned Tufts, the aforementioned Tufts, that's a band we should all start. The aforementioned (laughs) (laughs) Tufts. The aforementioned Tufts do start trouble. um, And John DeHart and Huck actually beat them pretty easily. John DeHart without barely even moving his arms. Um, and they smack them into the uh, the arcade machines, and then the cops show up. And because um, Wingshauser's character, uh, Huck, is still beating a guy, they're like, you're the problem, and they arrest him, and that's it. We should, we should probably point out that uh, in that dual fight scene with Wingshauser and John DeHart simultaneously fighting the Tufts, John DeHart looks like he's just kind of like, 
you know, waving at them and they fall over. Whereas Wingshauser actually looks like he's done some stage combat training and actually looks like he might be making some sort of contact with them. So then we cut to jail where we have a very long scene of this uh, lawyer who's in a open-necked shirt uh, and a, uh, I, I, I want to say, um, psychedelic uh, blazer. Uh, reads through the With lot. a lot of hair gel. With a lot of hair gel. What are you saying here, Kit? Don't forget this line in your uh, rereading of the scene. Oh, I, I, well, oh, no. Don't believe me. I will. I remember that line. Is it just this one? It's just this one. We usually don't need this many notes. Um, we, we, we are usually way past scene three by the time we hit this point in the podcast. Um, <clears throat> I'm just surprised you guys can keep all the scenes in order and describe them. It's it's a challenge right now. <laughs> in, fair, in, in all fairness, you've seen the film four times? Or four <laughs> you're still a bit confused, right? Like I still don't know what's going on. so okay you know what this this isn't working i'm gonna quickly run through the rest of the film (laughs) okay well at least recite the line that i just showed so so after uh huck has run from jail and they've gone through all the legalese with the uh lawyer um good old john dehart slaps a quarter down on the counter of the police station pushes it towards the police officer who's in charge and says here's a quarter Buy yourself a personality. Here's a quarter. Go buy yourself a personality. (laughs) So, throughout the rest of the film, him and Cindy get close. They have three very uncomfortable sex scenes that we all had to watch. Oh, God. And feature two songs that he sung himself. And wrote. Vanessa, don't forget to send me them, okay? (laughs) (laughs) The songs. So... I can find them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's bathtubs. There's bubbles. There's fire. There's champagne. Oh, yes. lots of champagne. So much champagne. Wait, you know and there are ice cubes. The camera? Did we ever see her again, or is that just a no, that was a one and done. One time. One, one, one and done. Tamara with a camera. Tamara with a camera. Tamara with a camera. Tamara and a Tamara. Tamara. So when they go out to dinner. With the camera. Yeah. Oh yeah. So they go out for dinner, and he tells like these two really offensive jokes one really offensive joke and then one just lame joke. oh yeah one was a bit of a lame joke yeah the first one was creepy the very and the major d is just like fly oh i really love your jokes rick he's like let me tell you a new joke um and does anyone want to share the joke i no, no. I, I think no. it's not worth no. it's no. best not so to this will probably get cut i guess or no. watch the movie there's two jokes one extraordinarily offensive and misogynistic and one joke that's just kind of lame Mm-hmm. Extraordinarily offensive and misogynistic is a running thread throughout this movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> and then Tamara comes over with her camera and she Tamara sings a with song. The camera. Tamara with the camera. I'm Tamara with the camera, which is like a photo. And it's, it's like not this, really a song. It's like this weird thing where he's like, "Hey, you're you're a really good singer. Do you do anything else?" And she's like, "I I sing at this club. You there guys should check me out." There are a lot of weird asides in this film. That, and it's that like, don't go "Oh, anywhere. I think there's going to be a film for uh, a scene further on in this film no, where no, 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 there isn't, no." None. That's no. it with uh, Tamara with the camera. This whole movie is scenes describing stuff and then never paying off. <laughs> Except for when he finally says, like, I've got to get even. Which happens at one hour. And 13 minutes. And with only 17 minutes remaining in the entire film. That's 17 minutes including the credits, Including Graham. credits. I know. Thank you, Phil. 
So after the dinner scene where he tells the unfortunate jokes. We can't skip over the Hamlet scene. Um, to be or not to be at dinner? Yeah. yeah. Oh, on the beach, on the swing or something? Swing. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't at the table? Um, no. <laughs> the love scene. Oh, okay. It was to, after the dinner. Every love scene has him, his music playing in the background that he sings with another woman. Like, with both of them. It's like an acoustic. It's a duet. Um, I, I think we should move on at this point. <laughs> okay. To cut a very long and boring story short, uh, we jump ahead to Huck has been incarcerated and then unincarcerated for drinking bleach. He starts his own religion. Um, and then... Uh, oh, yes. He starts uh, he starts reciting the noble noises of Huckism. Yes, which uh, is inspired by Huckleberry Finn from the Mark Twain novel. Wingshauser, it should be noted, is probably drunk at least but also still kind of the best actor in the entire film and but he's he's the one that's allowed to ad lib the most and he does ad nauseum <laughs> so uh he started his own, his own religion um at this point cindy and uh, good old uh, john hart have decided to get married after a very uncomfortable tub love scene where he just sort of says like hey so we're getting married and she's like yeah sure yeah it's just a very passive wedding proposal yep um and then they have a a tub love scene then they have a marriage which uh in which she's wearing a wedding dress and he's wearing a tracksuit he's wearing a white tracksuit with blue stripes kit don't forget it <laughs> and then immediately after that normad shows up and uh gets his goon scar and what was, what was the other one snake scar and snake and we know who snake is because he he doesn't have a scar we know who scar is because he has a scar and snake is a rather snaky guy yeah he's <laughs> considering snakes, the company he's in so Scar is somewhat snaky, but not as snaky as Snake. But no. he also has a prominent Scar, so in order to set the two <laughs> snaky guys apart. He, you know. By the way, they're busy selling mainline to the masses for the <laughs> satanic cult. That's true. And they make more revenue off speed than they do off Coke for some reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're very bad cocaine dealers if they're making more money off of speed than Coke. Um, they're not hitting that 80s yuppie market or early 90s yuppie market. So, um, from... Oh, yeah. Uh, Sydney gets killed because the cult finds out, oh, it's that girl, and they run her off the road, and then she gets a head injury. And then um, John DeHart punches a punching bag and then decides to get even. Wingshauser says that's a good idea. He goes to get even. He shoots a, guy, shoots a couple guys with a crossbow, somehow gets inside, somehow is on the roof, somehow knows that there's a Mexican cartel drug dealer uh, showing up and that the deal's going down. With his wife. Yes. Oh, we should also point out, we forgot the, the subplot where Wings Hauser is confronted by his ex-wife for alimony. Oh, this wow. is where the real women-hating part yeah. comes in. And so the women with our podcast, what do you guys think? Where she rips her top off and she basically, like, to frame him and to make it look like he ripped her top off and, and you see her boobs and attempt to do assault her. But yeah, I mean, it makes her look like a shitty person. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was just an... The whole scene was, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. My only thought for that scene was that I knew I was going to see her tits. And that was the last <laughs> way how. that I anticipated. Like, I never thought that that's the way I was going to see her. The actual quote, because I wrote it down when it happened. I knew we were going to see her tits, but this is not how I imagined it would happen. <laughs> Lillian Perez, 2017. <laughs> Get even. Those are my thoughts on that scene in a nutshell. Oh. 
That was pretty good. Yeah. I can't top that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, and then what happens after the cops show up and he gets arrested? Jail, yeah. He gets arrested and that's again. When he drinks the bleach. Oh right, right, right. Well, right, he, right, he right. also attacks, tries attacking the cops, and then it's like, yeah. After you know, after it's established, he's getting arrested and being hauled off. Oh, well, because they're all like, "You're drunk," and he's like, "You th- you're gonna blame alcohol on this?" And does he slap her in that? Scene? No, okay, no. no, William he Smith slaps on her outside. Her. Right, right. Normad. He's she's having an affair with because she Normad. You're right. She's having an affair with Normad. I'm sorry, but like, whoa, and <laughs> it's Normad that slaps her when she goes to visit him in jail. Remember? Right. He's like, I'm proud of it, or I don't remember what he said. Phil, any thoughts on that scene? More misogyny. More gross mm. misogyny. No, that that scene is so unnecessary too. He slaps her a bunch, tells her to change. She starts stripping, uh, and that's it. And then there's no there's no need for that scene. It doesn't actually establish anything. Mm -hmm. It doesn't lead to anything. It's just terrible. Yeah, because Wing Wing says he 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 doesn't he accuse her of sleeping with uh, with him, right? Well, he he accuses her of sleeping with the entire police force. (laughs) No, (laughs) that's part of his rant. Yeah, a whore essentially. Okay. Um, the judge is the only one she defends, so that's when Lillian was like, "He's sleeping with the judge." Normad's like the evil John DeHart because like they're both like Jack. That's true. They're, trades, they're, they're, so. they're both getting like hooking up with ladies left, right, and center. They both are like leading uh, groups of people in Normad. Mm-hmm. In John DeHart's case, it's Wings Hauser. In Normad's case, it's a satanic cult in Hollywood. Um, and then from there, John DeHart. And the court. Of yeah, Los and the Angeles. court. Uh, so what happens after that? So John DeHart, you know, puts on a black tank top and black leather pants again and goes and gets even, kills everybody, and then uh, kind of stabs Normad. Yeah, that's really good. And then he goes back to Cindy's grave where he meets a nun that earlier consoled Wings Hauser when Wings Hauser was in the hospital for drinking bleach. And the nun says, just give me a ride back to the hospital. And he's like... I'll tell you what happened. He's yeah. like, what? What do you mean, go back to the hospital? And she's like, no, no, just give me a ride back. Just come on. Just do it. Give me a ride back to the hospital. He gets gives her a ride back to the hospital. And lo and behold... Can we just remember the chuckles we had about that? Oh, yeah, it was great. Like, she just would not let go about that ride oh, no. she needed to the yeah. hospital. <laughs> Can I spend some time at Cindy's with Cindy here? Yeah, 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 that's okay, but just give me that ride to the hospital. <laughs> Anyways, he goes back to the hospital, and he sees that, oh, shockable shocks, Cindy. Oh, snap! Cindy is not dead, and they're happily ever after, so he got even for no real reason. He killed a bunch of people for now. And he also burned down the house with everyone inside of it after yeah. he left, so. To be fair, he there were the, reasons for him to get even with Normad, uh, yeah, they, they were a satanic cult, and as Cynthia pointed out, they at once point at one point they sacrificed a human baby. But they stress it's a human it's baby. A human baby. Yeah. Oh wait, we forgot. We forgot one of the greatest lines in the film. So Remember many when great he's lines. the <laughs> um, Normad when he's when when they have like their final you know oh. battle tete a tete, and he's like. You're the or John is like you're the kind of puke that makes the world decay. Remember that line? That was That's a really, what he says. Yeah, it was a great line. 
and then he and then when he gets stabbed when norman gets stabbed he's like she was full-blown bitch right <laughs> and he's like on the chair anyways i think i've just been reciting dialogue all night because I was, there's so many lines that are priceless and can, can we need to be shared with but then i feel like we're giving away the whole movie and and that's we should we yeah and, that's what we do and, there is yeah. a there is a scene where john DeHart and his lady love yeah. cynthia they go to meet her parents Parents scene. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Oh, like we've missed T- that. Talking to the mic, Graham. Talking to the mic. Kate, you've been waiting like ten episodes to tell me that, haven't you? I have. Because the whole time I'm just like talking to Mike. So, um, about uh, two thirds of the way through the movie, John DeHart and Cindy go to her parents' place to um, to pick up Cindy's remaining clothes. They go to the door. They knock on it, and uh, her parents are revealed. The father is about three years younger than John DeHart, and the it's true. stepmom is about 29 years old. So then her parents, through bad acting, or not her parents, but her father and her stepmother, through bad acting, berate her for being a drug-using Satanist, which kind of throws John DeHart for a loop in that scene. He's like, I'm not a, jud- uh, a Satanist or a drug user, um, but her parents don't believe her, and they uh, chuck her clothes at her. In cardboard boxes. They, they also call her a gutter snipe. The gutter snipe, right, right, yeah. He called a common gutter snipe, from what I recall. I just want to say, folks, if you have made it with us this far, thank you so much for listening. Please follow us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and uh, SoundCloud, and iTunes, and all that stuff. Um, this has been truly a wonderful episode, and we are not done yet. I don't know what remains to discuss. Kit, let's go through your notes. Oh, my notes are incomprehensible. I've uh, I've written a bunch of words, and then over all of the words, I've written leather pants. <laughs> and I've underlined that, and that's pretty much it. So, Phil, what are your final thoughts on Get Even? Get Even, it's a uh, singular... Uh... Work of hubris. It is a singular experience. For the sure. fighting choreography is top notch. No, it's not. But I do want to say again, we are not here to bury John DeHart. We are here to celebrate him. He made this <sighs> film that brought us so much joy, and we're we we did. It's so much joy. And it even, did. It did. Even but for the time. again, I have to stress in the same way that Kofefi brings so much joy. It's unintentional. It's incompetent. It hit a different and it's mark. Wonderful. Yes, that and that's okay. And it's problematic, as we but, but, discussed. But, yes, terribly misogynistic. But, but here's the thing, though. Is is Get Even problematic, or is it just kind of goofy and innocent? Problematic. It is very problematic. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Lillian? I think, I think it's goofy and innocent, and... Um, uh, something you said, Kit, earlier, or just now. Well, actually, I've got another quote from Lillian here that I've wrote, written Go in ahead. my notes. It says, this movie is like a painting. I'm not sure what the context was, though. It's because every scene was just full of character and emotion and grit. Well, well no. <laughs> it's just uh, really gritty and uh, like looking. You know, grainy at times. And it was okay. A uh, long story short, so the DVD that's widely released is <laughs> there's some interlacing actual, problems. It is a VHS rip that is still interlaced. Um, John DeHart, if you are listening, first of all, thank you so much for making this film. <laughs> Secondly, I just want to say, and I'm I'm serious about thank you for making this film because making a feature film. I've directed a feature film. 
is super difficult. Making a short film is super difficult. And uh, two out of the five of us here have done that independent of any school or, or real like institutional way of making a film. Um, John DeHart not only made the film, but finished it and got it released that I bought here in Toronto. Long story short, Vanessa, what are your thoughts on Get Even? I think Phil B pretty much summed it up um, more eloquently than I would. A piece of, an, a, a, would you call it a piece of art? No, you just called it a singular piece of hubris. Of hubris. I think that was well said and brevity. Very, uh, I, I wrote this early on, but it, it, this film is pure wish fulfillment fantasy for John DeHart. This is basically what it is. Fantasy? It was like yeah. his fantasy yeah. Fantasy truth. wish fulfillment. Totally. This is who he wishes he was. Right. Definitely. I um I think you guys nailed it. <laughs> um well, I and think that says quite a lot about John it, DeHart. It, it's a vanity project for sure, because he did write, direct, star, produce, sing, and then produce the soundtrack. But you know what? I have to say the shimmy slide, I I actually kinda like it. <laughs> it's it's kind of an earworm. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, It'll be stuck in your head all week. It, it probably will be. So thank you. For Much that. like the song from Miami Connection by uh, Dragon Sound. Which song? There's two. There's Friends Forever. Friends Forever. Friends is good. I prefer Against the Ninja. That was a good one too, yeah. Against the Ninja. I love how we watched that movie two years ago. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. So wait, I have a question for Graham. Did you learn anything about filmmaking from watching that film? Like, you know how they say sometimes study like films that are like masterpieces? Study the masters. Study, yeah, study films that aren't masterpieces. <laughs> Did you learn anything from this uh, 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 film? Yeah. Yes. I mean, here's the thing. Watching any form of film uh, educates you in a way to the actual makings of it. In this case, uh, hubris, lack of budget, and I don't want to say ego, but definitely like a desire to. When in that in that same interview, when in that same interview that we referenced at the start of the podcast, he uh, John DeHart said, and not different from Ben Affleck or Matt Damon, he was tired of not getting cast in lead roles, so he just wrote one for himself. Which is what Matt, uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck did with Goodwill Hunting. It was like we're tired of not getting good roles. Let's write one for ourselves. And and he, Goodwill Hunting and Get Even so similar. No, 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 they're not similar at all, Kit. But on a serious note, like he was trying to get himself out there, and I applaud him for that. It's so difficult not just to get a film completed, but to be in front of it, to be the face of it. Like, and put your name on it. What was that little? And put your name on it. Exactly. Because forever he is going to be known as the get even guy. That'll never go away. He might have it's a... It's his room. I wouldn't say it's his room because here's the thing. I would say it. He, no, no, no. Because here's the thing. He's not touring around wearing leather pants and... Not a, yet. It doesn't have that vest. <laughs> and instead of vest with like showing his film in different theaters being like, ha, isn't this cool? I made the room. That's my horrible John, uh, Tommy Wiseau. But even a horrible Tom Wiseau was bang on. Oh, wait. So did this film get into any festivals? Or... <laughs> no. <laughs> and so it, it sort of... Only um, cans. Developed this, like, cult following? Or, like, just from... How did people hear about this film? Like, where did it all start? Um, I don't really know. It's one of those films, again, where, like, there's no ground zero. Like, with The Room, it was uh, Tommy Wiseau rented out of the theater for, like, four months. And it played it there. 
um, with Birdemic, it was kind of a similar thing. With this film, it just sort of seems like people had well the the one, Tommy Wiseau also paid for that billboard for like yeah, at least three exactly, years. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but the difference is that um, this film gained most recent notoriety through Red Letter Media's uh, show Best of the Worst. So let's move on to our final thoughts. I think I've talked a lot about this film. I don't really have anything else to say other than you should watch it. Anyone who's listening, please watch it. Go to John DeHart's website, um, buy the DVD. It's well worth it for just the absolute shock you will have watching this. Um, every time I looked over at, at uh, Lillian and Vanessa tonight, their emotions range from, uh, I want to say, lightly disturbed to laughing out loud. And there was really no in between. No, the no no word of a lie. There, there were points of the film where everybody was doubled over laughing. In fact, Graham, you were on the floor at one point. Yes, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, yeah, this this film, I. What, what part was it that made me fall down? I can't recall. Oh no, it was the rant at the bar. Wings Hauser's ad lib. Wings Hauser's like this it's guy like, can talk Hamlet. Hamlet wrote the thing he's gonna say. No, no, it's the part where it's like, first of all, you don't say Alex's name again. Second, oh, I've forgotten. Forget. Right. So, so at a certain point, Wings Hauser starts reading a uh, a list of things he doesn't like to John DeHart, and the first rule is you don't ever say her name, Alex's name, which is his ex-wife, in public. The second thing is he forgets. The third, third thing is I'm gonna kill all of you. Is that he's gonna kill everyone at the bar? <laughs> and the fourth thing is he wants a ride home from his best friend. And and how does John DeHart respond? I don't know. We're gonna have to watch it again. He smashes the pint glass. Oh, yeah. Like you need a walk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he smashes the pint glass off the bar, the bar yeah. breaks it, and says, "You need to walk." Yes. So, uh, <laughs> Phil, you had some amusing IMDb reviews. Oh yes. Um, okay, all right. Wait, wait. One more thing. Remember when um, Cindy's telling him about the whole satanic cults and like the baby and sacrificing the baby, and then he's like, "We're gonna get through this. Oh, yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We'll get through this." How are you doing? And then he like breaks out Hamlet. Like, yeah. we should notice that he totally ignored murder, and he's a former police officer and in real life a current trial lawyer. So that makes no sense that he'd be like, ah, you know, babies die. <laughs> Once in a while, Satanic Cult gets them. What are you going to do? You're not going to do... What, are you going to go to the cops? That won't work. You're not going to go to the law. Um, It's Hollywood. It's Hollywood. Phil, you said that you have some interesting IMDb reviews to uh, to let us know about. Yes, I do. I'm just going to read the first of the two. So the first one is from Rosalind Morris from November 15th of 2010. All right. John DeHart, Wings Hauser, William Smith, and Pamela Bryant are brilliant in their portrayals. That's one sentence. John DeHart has become my favorite actor, with a capital A, and this is truly my favorite movie of all time! Exclamation point. The action is superb, full stop. The relationships are real, as is the romance, full stop. The funny parts are really funny. The one-liners are great. And there are many memorable, meaningful, and right-on messages about the corruption inherent in bureaucracy. Ellipses. The movie is thrilling! To paraphrase an eminent movie critic, 
Everything that is good about action movies has been mirrored here and amped to the next level. Remember how you always wished that Jean-Claude Van Damme would have sung multiple songs in his movies? This movie is the fulfillment of that wish. Kit's laughter from, like, down the hall is awesome. (laughs) One more thing. (laughs) Continue, Phil. (laughs) One more thing you should know. Every female that has viewed this film and voted on this site has rated the film a 10. Don't miss it. We, yeah. every female, female that has viewed this film and voted on this site has rated the film a ten. Okay, and the and the person who critiqued it was Rosalind. Rosalind Morris. Jdh. Uh huh. And we're supposed to believe that that's her real name, and like all the people who reviewed it <laughs> are women. Sure. Well, there's going to be the second review as well. Okay. Oh, second review. That was only the first one. Yeah. All right, the header is a great movie, also a 10 out of 10, from the 29th of June, 2010. I have worked, I have been and am a mainstream film editor since 1985. I have worked on many successful projects, for example, Magnum P.I., DC Cop, and Simon and Simon. The list goes on. I viewed this film with a capital F, Road to Revenge, more than once. Each time has been better. John DeHart, Wings Hauser, and William Smith give magnificent performances. The message is good over evil, and it is delivered in surrealistic style. Surrealistic style, it's both capitalized. This is a stand-up, in quotation marks, film that is character-driven... With substance and good continuity. And good continuity, Kit. The movie, with a capital M, is worth seeing over and over. You'll come... You'll come away with something new each time. Three exclamation points. I am only one of many that really appreciate the work. If you check the ratings votes, you'll find that every lady that voted gave the movie a 10 <laughs> for excellent. I think I have a theory. The person who, who you read, sorry, the, the first comment, I think they wrote the second comment. Like, there's oh, definitely a connection there. I have, I have a sneaking there's, suspicion this is John DeHart. <laughs> good call. I good also call. have the sneaking suspicion. It must be. First one's Rosalind Morris. The second reviewer's name is conceptual editing conceptual (laughs) editing wow i like how defensive they are over women's position on this movie (laughs) oh yes but there's there's another uh i'm not quite finished the review every lady that voted gave the movie a 10 for excellence (laughs) i just collect myself i happen to be a man but I strenuously concur with all those ladies. Strenuously. <laughs> with all oh those lady God. voters. <laughs> so that's uh, MTP. So, folks. Are those the only two comments? <laughs> there are a few more, God, but those are. Uh, uh, yes. So, long story short, <laughs> how do we all feel after watching Get Even? Kit, let's start with you. <laughs> Wonderful. I strenuously concur. Thanks, Phil. Lillian, how do you feel after watching it even? I think I said I need a moment to gather my thoughts. 
But yeah, it was uh, it's good. Yes, it, it was, was all good. right. It's good. It was all right. Vanessa, what's your final thought? As a woman, I give this film ten out of ten stars. <laughs> John DeHart blew my mind. DeHart. Uh, the female perspective. DeHart. Yep. That was perfect, Vanessa. That's why I wanted you here. <laughs> For that slam dunk ending. Graham, this is your fourth watch. How do you, how do you, how are you feeling? I'm feeling tired. <laughs> I've been up since five forty-five this morning. I I just I'm I'm thrilled that this, this is movie, your nightcap. I am thrilled that this movie exists. I am thrilled that like John DeHart pushed through to get it not only finished but released and distributed so that I could find it here in Toronto. Hashtag the six. Hashtag T dot. Hashtag Drake. <laughs> hashtag CN Tower. Fa 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 for life. Um, and <laughs> on that final note, I'm quite tired. Um, this is Graham signing off. I'll point it off to you. Hey, it's Kit and Phil. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. Good night. Who are you again? Vanessa. (laughs) Vanessa Young, the director of Numbers Guy, available on CBC Short Docs. Check it out online. It is a fantastic documentary that explores the life of David Title. So good. Check it out. Yeah, we should get David on this podcast. That'd be awesome. We should, yeah. That would be good. Oh, my God. It'd be very bizarre. Um, And I'm Graham saying thank you so much for listening. If you made it all this way... I appreciate it sincerely. Um, please follow us on Facebook. Uh, please like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. <laughs> and uh, give us a review and subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. Um, and yeah, hopefully this won't be a train wreck of editing for me tomorrow. Uh, Edit. Thanks, and please be sure to rewind, and we will see you next time. Oh, we didn't talk to the ghosts yet. Oh, what do the ghosts want us to watch? So go to the video store. We're going to break out our old, good old Vija board here. And we're going to put that, uh, that glass I'm not familiar marker. with a Vija board. It sounds similar to a product that I knew from my childhood. What was that called? Ouija board. No, 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 no. Lillian, what was it? No. A Ouija board. That's owned by Parker Brothers. No, 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 Not a Ouija board. It's a Ouija board, Lil. What? Yeah, you, okay. So, let's spell it out, guys. Next week, we are watching B. E A E Oh E that's e. an E S T Best of the worst No Oh damn it Best of the best What was that Lil? Best of the best Close Best of the best part 2 starring Whoa how did I Whoa Starring Chris Penn Eric Roberts and Wayne Newton in Best of the Best 2. Donka Shane. He doesn't say it, but he comes close. So thank you so much. Be sure to rewind, and we will see you next time. I'm Graham. Am I coming back? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Because, <laughs> like, we already said goodbye. I'm Graham. Oh, I'm Vanessa. This is so epic. My name's Kit. <laughs> I'm Phil. Lillian. And this is definitely. Bye. Bye. Bye forever.
sliding all across the floor Proving to but you Stomping for some more That's when my eyes catch you And my heart begins to sing Oh pretty baby Man can you swing My feet start to moving As they push me from my chair My fingers start to snap And wanna run through your hair I got to get to you But I get pushed aside Cause everybody's doing Shimmy and the slide Oh you're on fire When I grab you by the hand Your waist still's moving With the rhythm of the band I swell up As you take me for a ride Come on oh, pretty baby Let's do the shimmy slide Jimmy Slime. 